This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to the Plant School Podcast. I'm Rachel, and here we learn about plants, how to care for them, how they work, and I keep it simple and taught in a way that anyone from beginner to expert can enjoy. Join me in Plant School. Welcome to another episode of Plant School. Today we are doing a care guide and this was one that was recommended. Ooh, you know what? I can't remember what her name was. Let me look it up real quick. Okay, pulled it up. Cynthia, thank you so much for suggesting this for a Plant School podcast episode. This was actually a plant that I had not heard of before. I wasn't super familiar with it. It is the goldfish plant. And when I was looking into it, there's two types of goldfish plants. So there's the columnia gloriosa or there's nematanthus. And nematanthus, I would say the species, but there's quite a few species that qualify as being goldfish plants. So there's kind of a large variety of plants that are known as goldfish plants. Thankfully, their care is nearly identical for either one of those, the columnia or the nematanthus. And so as I go over them, it applies to both genuses of goldfish plants. So I always like to begin by asking what is a goldfish plant in case you weren't familiar just like I was. So it's also called a guppy plant. So the Nematanthus goldfish plant, they are members of the Gesneraceae family, which also includes things like African violets. They are hanging plants generally, so they're vining, and they have these dark, small, thick, shiny leaves, similar to a succulent, though they are not considered a succulent. And they have these flowers that are orange, red, or yellow, and they resemble goldfish. Some people think it's like a stretch of like, ah, they don't really look like goldfish. But honestly, some of the pictures that you can find, since I don't own one, I can't look at it and see it in person, but some of the pictures online really do look like goldfish. They kind of have like this rounded sort of part of the flower that looks like a fish's belly and it's kind of cool. Some varieties do have hairy leaves and there are about 150 species and hybrids of the goldfish plant. So there's so many. Some of them are like really colorful, their flowers are, and others are just simple plain orange. So I mentioned that they are vining plants so their vines can get about three feet long And something pretty interesting is that they aren't a plant that actually like grows in soil on the ground. They are epiphytes, which basically means they live in the air, generally anchored to a tree, and they're non-parasitic. So they simply use the tree that they anchor to as a perch and they are not using it as a food source. They just like to live up there. That's where they are naturally found. Sometimes they can be found in really rocky, loamy soil, but that is pretty rare. In general, they're living up in trees as epiphytes. Another question I love to ask is, what is the symbolism behind this plant? And I looked everywhere for the goldfish plant. I looked through some books that I have. I looked online and I couldn't find any. So apparently no symbolism has really been attached to a goldfish plant. 
But goldfish in general, like the actual fish, the animal, it has been used as a symbol of good luck and good fortune, and that's like anciently and today. So maybe we could just take that meaning of of what goldfish the animal means and just apply it to the goldfish plant. I think... I think that would be okay to do. But in general, there was just no like official symbolism for this plant. Next question that I love covering, maybe my favorite question. If you've been listening for a while, you know this, but I love to ask, where does a plant come from? What is its history? So the columnia gloriosa plant is native to southern Mexico, Brazil, and Costa Rica, while the nematanthus goldfish plants, they are all endemic to Brazil. Endemic basically means that they are found in a single geographic location. In this case, it's Brazil. So the columnia gloriosa, that was actually named by Carl Linnaeus, He was the one who created the genus name, Columnia, and he created this genus name after the botanist Fabio Colonna. Now, Fabio was an Italian naturalist and botanist from the 1600s, so before Carl Linnaeus's time. And when I looked him up, I hope you guys get this reference. He didn't have much on his Wikipedia page, but he did have like a drawn portrait of himself. And I swear it had like such a striking resemblance to the villain in the movie Ever After. I am like desperately hoping that someone has seen the movie Ever After. I feel like it's a pretty popular movie, right? It has Drew Barrymore and she's like a big deal. If you guys haven't seen it, if you look up the villain, his name is Pierre Le Pew and man, Fabio Colonna really looks like Pierre Le Pew from Ever After. I'm not kidding. Go look at his Wikipedia page. But yeah, other than that, there wasn't much to say about Fabio besides that he is a naturalist and botanist and that he looks like the villain from Ever After. And so the genus name, Gloriosa, of the goldfish plant, that was just referring to the glorious bright blooms, those orangey blooms that are found on this plant. And then for the Nematanthus goldfish plant, This genus was first described by Heinrich Adolf Schrader in 1821. So the first one that he found, he named Nematanthus corticola. And that was the first goldfish plant on the Nematanthus side that was found and recorded. And Heinrich, he was a German botanist and mycologist. And since these plants do not naturally grow in Germany, we can assume that he was going around doing trips for his career in botany and mycology. And mycology, I'm sure you guys know this, is just the study of fungi. And an interesting note, I'm assuming that Heinrich Schrader was thinking of this when he named the genus and species. The name Nema is ancient Greek, and it means thread, and anthos means flower. So you could translate it to meaning thread flower, which makes sense because this is a vining flowering plant that perhaps looked like it was growing down along a thread. And as I studied more and more about this plant, there was not much more history than that. This plant is, I would say, not a super common houseplant that you hear about all the time, and so there hasn't been a lot of coverage on its history. But these tropical plants usually end up in our homes because of how well they do in an indoor environment. It's not exactly the same as their tropical environments, but it is pretty close with the even temperatures that are found in our homes. And if it's by a window, that bright light is consistent with what they would get in their natural environment. 
Also, these plants just have a really cool, interesting look, and I'm sure that has gone into their rise in popularity, kind of similar to, I think it was String of Dolphins, how that was like a viral tweet of the plant because it looked like dolphins and everyone was so excited about it. I'm sure the goldfish plant has a really big draw because of these flowers, if looked at from the right angle, look like goldfish just like swimming around in your plant. And I would say the past two years, like ever since the COVID-19 pandemic hit, there have been a lot of new articles and care guides about this plant. So I'm thinking that this is a plant that has recently become more and more popular. And that's just me using the power of deduction, seeing that there's just so many recent things written about them, whereas I could hardly find anything that was written before 2020, 2019. And with that, we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back to talk about how to care for a goldfish plant. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, and we're back to cover how to care for a goldfish plant. And as I researched, there were like various opinions on if this was an easy plant or if it was a really fussy plant. So you decide. I personally think as I was starting to research it, it might be more on the fussy side, but I've never had one. This is simply from just reading about how to care for them. So first thing lighting needs. Where should you be putting a goldfish plant in your home? So bright indirect light is key and having bright indirect light will help it flower year round. Without it, chances are pretty slim that it will provide you with flowers. They do well with artificial light supplementing the natural light. So if you do happen to have one, go ahead and switch it on for this plant and it will thrive with it. Not enough light, I mentioned earlier, can lead to not very many flowers, and it can also lead to leggy growth. So just like long and stringy without too many leaves on it, that is from not enough light. They do prefer temperatures between 65 to 80 degrees Fahrenheit or 18 to 27 degrees Celsius. And this is because the environment that they're growing in up in the canopy of trees, it's pretty cool. Intense heat can actually cause the goldfish plant, like many other houseplants, to get leaf burn. And that's when the leaves kind of start to turn brown. So avoid too much direct sun. A little bit is fine, like early morning sun or things like that should be fine, but just avoid it getting way too much. Keep it away from drafts and from heaters because too cold of temperatures can cause leaves to drop and can also cause just a lack of flowers. It won't flower as well if it is too cold. 
When it comes to watering a goldfish plant, allow the top few inches to dry out and then go ahead and water it. So just do the soil test. Stick your finger into the soil and if it feels dry, give it a water. If it feels wet, wait for a few days. If green leaves, you notice they start to fall off, it may be from too much water or too little. So try and use the power of deduction to figure out, well, how have I been caring for this plant? Is it getting too much or is it getting too little? And adjust from there. They do appreciate extra humidity. So if you use a pebble tray, which is just a dish filled with pebbles, leka, marbles, something like that, and then filled with water. Or you can use a humidifier. That is very helpful for this plant. It prevents leaf drop. It prevents the tips of the leaves from turning crispy and brown. And then I wanted to mention there's a few more symptoms to overwatering. So earlier I said too much or too little water can cause leaves to fall off. And overwatering can also lead to leggy growth. So if it's getting plenty of sun and it's still having leggy growth, it might be due to overwatering. Overwatering can also cause leaf drop. It can cause lack of flowering. If you kind of stress it just a tiny bit, by only watering when necessary, that actually helps flowers come around. Overwatering, as we know, can lead to root rot. This is with any plant that it can lead to root rot. If you can, make sure you have drainage holes so extra water can be coming out. And you can see root rot symptoms with yellow and mushy leaves. If that's the case, if you notice, oh my goodness, I have root rot with my goldfish plant, you can pull the plant out of its pot Take away some of the soil and really inspect the roots. If you see that any are black and mushy, they have been affected by root rot and you can cut them off, prune them off, throw them away. You can change the soil. That can also help and you can save a plant from root rot. And last note on watering is that slowing down on watering in the winter months can also help the plant flower more. I feel like most houseplants slow down their water intake in the winter because they aren't receiving as much sun and the goldfish plant is no different and if you do keep track of that make sure you're checking the soil before you water and letting it get you know those top few inches dry it can help your plant be flowering more which is what we want because they look like little goldfish and they're adorable. So how do you fertilize the goldfish plant? You want to fertilize about every two weeks in spring and summer when it's actively pushing out new growth. And they are pushing out new blooms heaviest in the springtime and in the summertime. So using a high phosphorus fertilizer is recommended. Now when you're looking at a fertilizer, it has the NPK values, those three numbers on it. And the P, that middle number, is the phosphorus. So you want that to be higher a 10-30-10 is usually recommended because phosphorus is the nutrient behind a lot of the flowering activities in a plant. So if you're replenishing that with a high phosphorus level, it allows it to keep flowering and do really well. So you're going to dilute that fertilizer down and try to get it to that plant about every two weeks if you can. And this will support that plant through their flowering stages. Moving on to repotting and kind of, you know, what soil is best for this plant, they actually don't mind being root bound. A smaller pot can actually encourage more flowers, so they don't need to be repotted very often. It'll probably happen about every two to three years, and when you do do this, they prefer a rich, loose soil that drains well, 
Like I mentioned, the nematanthus varieties, they are epiphytes. They grow in trees, so they are used to like a very loose, well-draining soil. So if you get like a houseplant potting mix, you can mix in things like perlite and coconut core, fir bark, things like that. That's really ideal. Or you can use like a succulent soil mix. And I've heard that African violet soil works really well. And also orchid soil mix works great for a goldfish plant. So if you are at the stage where your goldfish plant definitely needs repotting, there's roots coming out of the drainage holes or you can see the roots coming out at the top of the plant, like out of the soil. You're going to want to take it out, brush away the old soil. You can toss it, put it in your garden. And it's recommended to gently prune the roots to encourage new root growth. I've never really heard this with any other houseplant, but for the goldfish plant, people recommended doing this. Remove no more than one third. Like go easy on it because you don't want to stress it out too much. And when you are choosing a new pot, only choose one that's one to two inches bigger because like I said, they don't love a huge pot. They like to be kind of root bound. And once you've placed it in, you've put new soil in, try not to compact it down super hard because it does prefer that light and airy soil, which reminds me, it's probably a really great idea to aerate your soil every now and then since it does like the light and airy soil. So by aerate, I simply mean getting a chopstick, getting a knitting needle, pencil, whatever you have, and poking that gently down into your soil. It just allows more air and more water to flow freely in that soil. We do this like with our lawns all the time. You know, they bring in aeration machines that take out those plugs of dirt and they are just simply keeping that soil from not being compacted and also providing more air to the grass. And that's exactly what you're doing for any houseplant when you aerate its soil. So when it comes to propagating it, you can use stem cuttings. So you'll take a stem cutting that has no blooms. You want it to be about four to six inches long and have at least two leaves. Then you can dip the cutting, the end of it, into rooting hormone powder if you have it. It greatly increases your chance of success. That is why we use the hormone powder. It helps induce those roots to come and grow in strong. After that, you put it directly into moist potting soil and put it in about one inch. It takes about four weeks for the cutting to start to form roots, so you do have to be more patient with this plant, but that is how you create a whole new goldfish plant. Pretty easy to do. I know that you can do it via seed, but that's quite a bit harder than just taking a cutting. All right, my last two questions for the care guide. Number one, what pests do they deal with? They most commonly deal with aphids, mealybugs, and spider mites. This is just because like there's a lot of places for these pests to hide on this plant. So when you're treating it, it's best to like spray it down with water to manually remove a lot of them and then apply insecticide of your choice. Neem oil is a really popular one because it's on the more organic side, but you're welcome to choose any insecticide that you trust. And this plant, the goldfish plant, is also susceptible to botrytis mold and fungal leaf spot and the mosaic viruses. To avoid these, I would say just avoid overwatering and avoid creating any sort of like open wounds on this plant because that is how some of these fungal infections will enter into the plant. And lastly, I just wanted to give some extra care tips that I have not gone over. So the first one is to pinch back your goldfish plant 
after it has bloomed. This will encourage branching and bushier growth. And when you pinch back, that's basically just taking off the dead blooms, pinching them off. And then you can also be pruning the plant just every now and then. That can also help it bloom and stay bushy as well. And just like I said with the root pruning, you never want to remove more than one third of the plant to avoid seriously stressing it and possibly like pushing it over to the brink of death. So just go easy with the pruning. I would say maybe do it every six months or so. Another little extra care tip, this one's a happy one. They're actually non-toxic to humans and pets. That's reported by the ASPCA, the American Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. They have reported that this is a safe plant. These plants can get pretty dusty, so it's recommended to rinse them in a shower every now and then just to wash away all that dust. You can use like a microfiber cloth if you want to do that. This plant just has a lot of little leaves, so I think washing it in a shower might be the quicker way to go, but totally up to you. This is your plant. And then last little tidbit of knowledge, the goldfish plant, with the proper care, can live for over 10 years, well over 10 years, so it's a very long-lasting plant, and it's such a beautiful one. It's definitely one that I'm going to be keeping my eye out for next time I go to a greenhouse or to a hardware store, just to see if they have them. I don't believe I've ever seen them before, but I bet at like houseplant stores they are much more likely to have them than a hardware store would be, so if you're wanting one, definitely keep your eye out. And that does it for our goldfish plant care guide. Thank you so much for joining me this week on the Plant Skull podcast. If you have a second, please leave a review for it. It really helps this podcast out in growing and sharing this knowledge with other people who love houseplants just as much as you and I do. Other than that, I hope you join me for next week's episode and I hope you have a great week in the meantime. Thank you for being here and listening today, and I hope you'll join me next week. If you'd like to support this podcast and keep it going, you can find the support link below in the description and donate. Or, I have some awesome Plant School merch, including stickers, shirts, and mugs, and the link to my shop is in the description as well. And if you don't want to spend any money but still support the podcast, share this podcast with a friend, either verbally or electronically. This will even qualify you for my giveaway. Just message me on Instagram at tinnyplant that you shared the podcast with a friend, and you'll be entered in for a chance to win some goodies. Winners will be announced on the podcast. Again, thank you for listening and I hope you have a great week.